Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 87 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Good morning, Jacob. How are you today? I'm just staring at that number 87, and I just can't believe it. That yeah, is so, so, so many episodes. That's a lot episodes. of episodes. We, we keep making it. I don't know how we how they did it, but they haven't canceled us I'm yet. Pretty much, pretty awesome. I'm pretty much out of thoughts, though. <laughs> this is it. This is it for me. I have nothing left in my brain. Oh, well, you know, we'll get it all jogged. We'll get it all ready for you guys. Well, maybe I will think of something interesting after this coming weekend when I go to New Orleans. Yeah. Uh-uh. I've, I've never been. I'm really excited. Really? Yeah. It's a good time down there. It's where I was born. Were you really? I am. Yeah. I don't know anything about you. We have done this show for two years, and this is like the first time it's come I up. literally, I literally do not. What can I say, Michelle? I am a man of mystery. How, I don't know what to tell you. Were you there for a long time in your youth, or were you just born and left? No, I was like six, seven, something like that, so not too, too long. I got to, I didn't have to worry about getting the accent, so that's... That's a plus. Is it? Yeah. I could be walking around with some really thick Cajun gumbo. You'd sound, you'd sound real jazzy. Yeah. Well, in theory, I could sound like Bobby Boucher walking around here, too. <laughs> he only goes one to two ways out of New Orleans. That's funny. Well, it is frequently listed as one of the most haunted cities in America. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, it's full of haunted mansions and graveyards and ghost stories. So obviously that is why I'm going. They have um, a really cool Halloween parade. It's supposed <coughs> to be, you know, kind of like... Mardi Gras of Halloween, and then there's a really cool party. Well, not to mention you're going to get all those second lines that are just going to be walking around with all the funerals and stuff. You get to watch those. I'm just, I'm going to get scared. You, well, you, are you going to go and take? I'm really excited. Are you going to go take a picture of Nick Cage's grave? He's not oh, even. Oh, that's right. He yeah. does have one, doesn't he? He's got his little pyramid all set up and ready to go. I'll have to look for that when I look for the the Voodoo Queen grave. The, um, the voodoo queen grave? See, yeah. Now you're playing with fire, Michelle. You're going to come back all cursed. Why can't I think of her name? Uh, Marie Laveau. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, you're see? the best. Um, but yeah, we're going to do have a ghost tour. We have a cemetery tour. I'm doing a swamp tour. I'm going to see some haunted gators. You're gonna Everything's go, haunted. You're going to go on to Bourbon Street. Do you guys it all. are going to make I'm, horrible decisions. I do it all. So, and, you know, it's such a unique city it's rich in charm it has that old world character so i think it's also no surprise that it has been the setting for many of uh some of hollywood's big films yeah surprise not surprisingly but it's no. a pretty popular place um for film actually film and stage there's a lot of like historical plays that are set in new orleans oh absolutely so that is what we're going to talk about today is some stuff set in new orleans to really to really get me in the mood well I can't Because I've learned it. nothing, so this will be my education. You've <laughs> looked up nothing about New Orleans? I don't know if that was a good idea. No, not really. I mean, Andrew's been there before, so I was like, yeah, just lead the way. Yeah, we got a hop-on, hop-off bus pass, so I'm like, we'll get on, go place if it looks cool, and we'll get off. Okay. That's not a safe way at all to <laughs> travel around New Orleans. <laughs> I think that's There's just some fine. rough areas down there. <laughs> I think that's just fine. Um, okay, so you want to do that? You want to talk about... I'm sorry. This whole time we've been saying New Orleans, like real, like real dopes. Well, oh. We all know it's Nolens. Nolens. <laughs> Nolens. So you want to talk about Nolens? Let's do it. I, I, let's do it. I got nothing else to say. You, I can't tell if you're excited or. 
if oh. you've just given up. But either way. I am always excited, <laughs> okay. Michelle. You know that. Um, so let's start with one. We'll get the scary going, and it's a great New Orleans one, would be 1994's Interview with the Vampire. I had a feeling you were going to go there. I mean, okay. So it's based on the 1976 novel by everyone's favorite, Nolan's native Anne Rice. Is it really from 1976? Yeah. My goodness. I mean, and she's just written so she's written so many books. The, I have like the, another one by her that we'll talk about. They're all about vampires, but. Then they're usually all about New Orleans, but so Interview with a Vampire is kind of a dramatic horror film. I mean, it was nominated for two Oscars, and it ended up winning 19 awards independently um, throughout that whole, you know, awards cycle. Um, so it tells an epic vampire story where love, betrayal, loneliness, and hunger uh, take <sighs> Louis de Pont du Lac. Nailed it. Such a good name. Um, a young uh, indigo plantation <laughs> owner who's played by Brad Pitt <laughs> on this just kind of terrible, terrible journey through the, the south of New Orleans. And it kind of chronicles Pitt's character sharing his heartbreaking story as he searches for redemption when a San Francisco newspaper reporter asks how he became a vampire at the hands of the evil Lestat. Played by Tom Cruise. Oh, and one of his best roles, too, by the way. I just he, want to say. Yeah, he's definitely great. He is having a ton of fun in this movie, and I think it really makes up for I feel like at times Brad Pitt can be a bit dour in this movie, a little sad, puppyish. Well, he but. was a man who became a vampire. And it is 1791. Yeah. Everything was just harder then. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. But yeah, this movie is it's a pretty good flick. It's got Tom Cruise, Banderas, and to, um, Banderas is in here. You don't forget about him. Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Oh, my Kirsten God. Kirsten Dunst, Any, the little baby. Anytime Christian Slater shows up in a movie, I always shake my head a little bit. I'm like, well, oh, if only. He already, he looks like a vampire in his normal life. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So but, it's but kind of well cast. I always, because I know too much insider knowledge, I'm always like, oh, if only my mom had been a high-powered Hollywood casting director, I, too, could have had a Hollywood <laughs> career. Well, oh. Them's, them's the breaks, huh? Yeah. But you get really great shots of New Orleans throughout, so that's a good one to, to check out. I mean, it's a good scary time. and It's a fun it's a fun it's tale shots. as well. You know, you're not going to be bored during this movie. You get to get a little historical I facts about New Orleans. Yeah, and I haven't seen it in quite a long time. So You, you know, I haven't either. I assume it's still... It's still oh, no, we're going to watch it. We're going to be like, this didn't hold up at all. <laughs> like, what lovely production value it has, though. <laughs> Yeah, New Orleans still looks great. But, okay, what else do you know? Okay, so we all know that I absolutely revile this show. But I still feel like, in terms of New Orleans, it's a very good representation of the city itself. And I'm talking about the David Simon HBO show, Treme. Oh, you talk about Treme, but never in a positive light. Nope. Are you going to be more positive now? Nope, I'm not. Well, why are you telling people to watch it if you think it's no good? Well, no, the show, it's, the show is boring, but there's some good stuff about the... Uh, the show has going for it, and namely the music. Okay. The one thing that Treme and New Orleans are really known for, despite all the negative part about it, is the musical culture of the city. Sure, and it's that's, huge. And that's one thing that this show definitely nails. They have many instances where they just go grab local artists, and then they just tell them to play, and they just put it on film. And like it really draws you into like the culture and the feeling of the show. It does a very good job of also like capturing what is for the residents who live in New Orleans in a post-Katrina world, which is yeah. when the show is set. It's post-hurricane, it's set to uh, when people are starting to come back and trying to rebuild the city, and then it's about their journey to move into the future while also not losing their past. Okay. It's one of the things people forget about uh, when the New Orleans, when they were starting to rebuild it was, people kind of were trying to reject a little bit of the rebuilding thing because everybody wanted to make it something completely new off of 
like what its reputation was. So they wanted to take the destroyed city and then make it into something else entirely. But the res- some of the residents are like, well, now we're, it's not going to be New Orleans if we just do all this corporate stuff. Yeah. So it's one of the areas the show excels at. I guess what about the show lets you down? It's just slow, so slow plotted. And okay. it's like a lot of the time you just don't care. It's very well acted. The um, All the acting is good. The music's good. The setting, everything is great about the show. It's just a lot of the time you end up leaving it and you're just kind of like, I'm not sure why they're making this show. I'm, okay. Like I have no problem with it. It's but just, I imagine it has the most beautiful shots of the city. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a David Simon show, so it looks great. The soundtrack is incredible. If you are if you want to get yourself into a New Orleans mood, this is definitely the show to get into it. Okay. It's just, you know. Don't expect to be like a thrill a minute. This is not <laughs> this is not a the wire 2.0. Let me tell you, that's not what's going on here. All right, sounds good. I'll keep that in mind. Um, so the next film, this one, I think everybody would be expecting is The Big Easy from 1986, um, an American crime drama. It is set in New Orleans during the 1980s. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I don't. You think haven't? I have, okay. So the plot centers on homicide lieutenant uh, Remy McSwain. And I feel, Great like name. Like, I feel like he'd like that name. That's played by Dennis Quaid. And he is caught accepting payoffs in an internal affairs sting. Um, so then the, the state district attorney also plays his love interest in the movie and follows the case closely from the DA's office. And fe- she finds out that she has to prosecute him, which wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Um, The film was actually later adapted for a television series for two seasons. Um, so it didn't do great, but it opens with this aerial shot of the bayou in New Orleans, which is really great. And the film also features, um, as far as well-known New Orleans locations, um, Antoine's, the French Quarter Strip. Um, it has uh, Mardi Gras going on during it, so you get to see parade floats. So you really get a full Nolens. <laughs> dose with watching the Big Easy. You're going to hit all the highlights there? I mean, it's literally called the Big Easy, which... That's true. Right there. I wish I actually had done some research and knew why it was that it's called the Big Easy, because I actually do do not know why that is. But, you know, it's still a pretty cool nickname for... I'm obviously, yeah. I'm obviously looking it up. Well... Big Easy. I googled this so strangely. <laughs> like, someone just tell me, why is it... Okay. Um, the they attributed the Big Easy to the late Betty Guillaud, a gossip sure. columnist from the Times, the Times Picanu. I can't say any of these Times Picayune. I knew that one. Yeah, she was just comparing comparing early 1970s New York City life and the Big Apple to New Orleans, so she called it the Big Easy. Oh, I wish it was. That something. really wasn't. No, that wasn't exciting at all. I wish. I wish but it was she like, said she picked it because it's easygoing, laid-back attitude that the jazz musicians kind of have. But oh, nah, I wish it was something like the end of Chinatown, and somebody just said it once, and it just stuck. Yeah, no, so it wasn't that exciting. Dra- but <laughs> dragging a screaming gator away, and they're just like, it's just the big easy. It's the big easy, Jake. Uh, you want it to be Nicolas Cage also who said it in a perfect world. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> now you're happy. I like I like where your head's at there. Uh, okay, what else? Okay, uh, I guess the next one I'm going to go with is the 1989 Don, Booth, Don Bluth animated classic All Dogs Go to Heaven, which a lot of people oh forget is set in New Orleans. That's right, they're all like jazzy animals. Yep, they're all jazzy dogs. And, and he's like a real, he's a real tramp. Oh, you bet he's a tramp. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, and you know, <laughs> good call. 
we can go on all day about Don Blue's animation. It's probably my favorite oh animation style. Oh my god, style. Secret of Nim is like my favorite thing oh, ever. Try, you try watching Land Before Time without without crying. You can't do it's it. It's impossible. Yeah, truly. Um, so anybody who has not seen uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, it is the story of Charlie Barker. Charlie. Charlie Barker. <laughs> played by Burt Reynolds, which I totally forgot about that part. Oh, so he is like a gangster dog who's just getting out of the pound. <laughs> he goes back to his old partner and tries to get his money for his half of a casino that they run, oh, a dog casino, as it were. So good. Um, and then his partner murders him, and he goes to heaven. But then, you know, because all dogs go to heaven because they're naturally good. And Ergo steals a watch that represents his life, gets back to Earth, and decides he wants to try to get his money back, but falls in love with a little orphan child instead. This is just such an adorable movie. It's a real redemption tale. I mean, it really is. And, I mean, like, this is just one of those movies when I was a kid that you just watch it and you just kind of relax. They made, like, 17 million sequels to this movie. but not, Did they? Yeah. All dogs repeatedly go to heaven? Which is a depressing concept <laughs> when you really start digging into it. Um, but it's just, it looks so beautiful. It has, it really takes advantage of its setting, actually, because there's a lot of good songs in here. It does make New Orleans look, I mean, they're definitely in the lower end of New Orleans. I mean, it's sure. It's real seedy. I realize that this is a tale about criminal dogs, <laughs> and that it can be a little bit off-putting to people. Um, but it's such, like, a classic animated movie. <clears throat> this is a time when Disney had competition before, like, DreamWorks and everything, and people were actually coming at them and bringing out their A-game. Oh, it's just such a classic. I feel like I haven't seen it enough lately. Like, I haven't seen it I in a haven't while, seen it in one million years, so it is tempting. Oh, but I just love the smile that you got in your face now. Because I was thinking, it. I can't get a good dog down or something along those lines. Oh, man. Oh, man. Whenever we got the songs going through our head. Oh, guys, just no, go Dis- pick up. Disney's uh, going to shut us down. Yeah. Let's move on from that. <laughs> We're going to have Mickey <laughs> come in here and start beating us up. Uh, okay, that's a good one. So another classic one here would be Suddenly Last Summer from 1959, which is obviously based on um, the play by Tennessee Williams, which sure. is super famous. The screenplay for the film was written by Gore Vidal. Um, Friend of the show, Gore Vidal. Oh, Gore. And it's definitely just an American Southern Gothic mystery, like To Do Tea, taking place in Nolens during 1937. It was directed by Academy Award winner Joseph Leo Mankiewicz, and the plot setters on, centers on Catherine Holly, who is played by the iconic Elizabeth Taylor, being psychologically harassed by her wealthy aunt from New Orleans, um, who is played by Catherine Hepburn. So just. Two so Elizabeth, absolute powerhouses. Catherine Hepburn and Elizabeth Taylor. Is there enough scenery to be chewed between those two ladies? But they do it so well. And so she is trying to silence her with a lobotomy after she witnesses her what? only son's death. What? Yes, you need to see this. This is a very powerful film. Talk about taking a hard left turn. That's not the way direction I was expecting. I mean, that. Tennessee Williams, he knew he knew it's Southern Gothic. Like that's there's always some mud uh, involved. I do declare that is a mud. I, I do declare now we're gonna <laughs> cut your brain out. I said we're gonna cut it out and now you're gonna forget. I do declare. Yeah, see? Like, wow, look at that. We just slipped into our New Orleans accent. I assume I'm going to run across a lot of that while I'm there. That is what I'm anticipating. You're going to hear a lot of mush mouth (laughs) is what you're going to hear. Excuse me, sir. Which way is the the library? Well, we're talking about that dang old... It's basically what you're going to be And all this will be happening as I'm dressed as a haunted marionette puppet. 
Which is they're just gonna be like, oh well, you're just dressed Welcome. like a puppet. Yeah. Like normal. Welcome in. So <laughs> where's the second line? Let's start dancing. This is a really classic film, though. So I highly recommend it, even to see it, even if you're not looking for just that New Orleans feel. Um, it should just be seen anyway. Yeah, or go find the play somewhere. Man, a play about cutting people, lobotomizing people, man, out of left field. I'll you tell can you. write about anything. Apparently, <laughs> and then you slap a title on it, and then he's like, what is that about? Oh, man. I'm going to go check that out, actually. That's scary. All right, what else? All right, so I feel like I need to go a little bit more realistic. Okay. Um, the, the dogs in heaven one you didn't think was that no, based? Okay. You okay. know, I, I get that they go there, but... I feel like I could get a little bit more realistic. And what screams realism than a Jean-Claude Van Damme 90s action movie? <laughs> oh, my God, you're the worst. <laughs> so I'm going to go with 1993's Hard Target, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, Lance Hedrickson, and everybody's favorite diabetes spokesman, Wilford Brimley. Oh, so I, What do you do with your free time? Watch, what are you watching? Watch diabetes. Come on. <laughs> I got my diabetes. And he I hasn't have been some, around oh, for man. a long time, so be nice. Is he really dead? He, I hope not. Because I know they still run those commercials, and if he's dead, that's I, a mixed signal. I don't know if he's dead or not. I definitely thought he was. Well, while you Google Wilford Brimley. Uh, this is the story of a uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays a homeless martial artist who gets hired by, uh, you know, Yancey Butler of the 90s. Okay. And she's on a mission to find her dad. Turns out her dad was murdered by a group of rich uh, businessmen who pay $600,000 to Lance Hendrickson to go hunt homeless people in New Orleans with the thing that they put in a money belt. Yeah, the plot is what? Yeah, the plot is that they uh, hire homeless people with a thing that if you can reach the river, we'll give you $10,000. Like they give That's you the money. It's just not a significant amount of money. It's really not <laughs> Do when they you have hear to about pay it. taxes on that. So the, yeah, they, they basically <laughs> just hunt down these homeless people and murder them and her dad was one of them, but then they run into Jean-Claude Van Damme. So it's Van Damme versus Lance Hendrickson throughout New Orleans. Wilford Brimley bust out what can be only the most ridiculous New Orleans accent well, that you've ever heard. But you'll be happy to know he's 85 and kicking well. Oh, see, he's I doing knew okay. It. He's doing okay, everybody. Selling us diabetes and oatmeal. That's a great combination <laughs> right there. Um, but yeah, he. It's this is just your typical 90s Van Damme John, um, action flick. This is John Woo's first American movie. So he went from being the top director in uh, Hong Kong to being the Van Damme action vehicle guy. So much slow motion, so many pigeons. <laughs> so many pigeons. <laughs> there, there's this flip kicks all over the place. <laughs> there's so many pigeons. Just slow-mo flying pigeons. You think that I am making, this is a John Woo movie. There is 100% slow motion pigeons for no reason. And I want to say that I think oh in the history of cinema, there have been five great mullets throughout it. Van Damme has got to be in the easily in the top two, one or two for <gasps> greatest mullets of all time. It is just glorious. Okay. But thanks, Jacob. If you want to get yourself a really fun '90s action movie, and really, who doesn't? If anyone ends up actually watching this movie because of this podcast, please tweet us and tell me because it just seems like an impossible thing that no one is ever gonna do. I need to know. You, need, you forget how popular to know. Van Damme was in the 90s. I remember him doing splits across countertops. He does splits in this movie. I mean, of course he does splits. It's the only reason he had a career. There might be some Van Damme buns in this movie. I'm not <laughs> sure. So you got that to look forward to if you want that Van as well. Van Damme buns. All right. Can we please? I'm going to move on <laughs> to a newer film, 2017's Girls Trip. 
I oh. know. Yeah. Okay. Right? Funny movie. Yeah, I forgot about that one. They did well. It follows, it's the reunion of four college girls, their best friends during a trip to the Real Life mm. Essence Festival, which is in New Orleans. Can oh, you believe it? Um, didn't see that coming. It was a really big deal because it was the first film produced, directed, written by, and starring African Americans to make over $100 million at the box office. Oh. Um, I thought it, Tyler Perry would have had that for sure. I guess not. I guess, it, I mean, it plays on the cliches of the city's part, party culture, but it finds we have Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, Regina Hall, and apparently America's favorite new actress, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Of course. And they're sipping hurricanes on Bourbon Street. There's zip lining. That scene is very upsetting across. <laughs> um, and yeah, just kind of inspiring the entire world to book a trip to New Orleans. They make it look super fun. So that's a that's a great it's a great film. It worked on you. You were like, I'm gonna go do some zip lining myself. I'm yeah, gonna get no, down there. I'm going for the mud. <laughs> I do declare I'm going to get scared. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sweating. I'm gonna have a handkerchief. I can't wait to see this parade. L- lightly wiping my brow. What to expect? So I have a couple other films. Do a couple more. I'm gonna do just real short descriptions of them because I also want to talk about a couple books. All right. Um. Yeah. Well. Quick. Um. Do 2012's Killing Them Softly. Brad Pitt, Ray Liotta, James oh, Gandolfini. Really li- I actually like that movie. I don't even remember that that was in New Orleans. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's look at it's me. actually like a big time subplot in that movie. Wow. I'm did not pay attention. <laughs> So it's directed by Andrew Dominic, most famous for the assassination of Jesse James by mm-hmm. the coward Robert Ford. Oh, such a long title. Um, it's basically a um, bunch of hoodlums decide they're going to rob a mafia card game, So which they do. But it has an added thing of not only now do they have the mafia after them, but it turns out the guy that was running the mafia card game kind of did this exact same thing before to become in the mm. mafia. So now they're all like, this dude came up with the idea. So that brings in Mafia fixer Brad Pitt into town, and he basically just goes around like, we need to get this money back, and then we need to start offing people to yeah. get this all back into line. And it all comes up with the thing that, like, George Bush's uh, America kind of deal as they're having, like, a torn down New Orleans, and then it also, it kind of is a parallel with how the Mafia is structured now. Like, there's m- multiple times where Brad Pitt is going in there and he's lamenting about how the mafia's changed now. It's become more quote unquote corporate than it was back in the day. Yeah, it, that's a. I feel like this film wasn't discussed a lot. I remember when it came out and then it went away and I was like, ooh, that must not have been good. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, that was a pretty good movie. Yeah, there's stuff going on in this movie that I feel people just kind of didn't pay attention to. I don't know what they were expecting coming mm-hmm. off from. They were like, Brad Pitt movie, it's going to be like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Which it's not, but it's still a very good, thought-provoking movie. There's a lot of good performances in here. I mean, Ray Liotta, Gandolfini, and Richard Jenkins are co-stars in this movie, and some of them are barely in there. So when you can even just waste cast, like, you know, waste that kind of talent in almost nothing roles, yeah, tells you what you're working with. It's a great movie. It makes New Orleans look kind of both good and grimy at the same time. Yeah. You always get, like, a feel of the underground. So I think it's one that's worth checking out that people kind of forgot about nowadays. Okay. That's funny. That's our second Brad Pitt New Orleans movie. And here comes our third Brad Pitt New Orleans movie, which is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which was loosely based on a 1922 short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, But this came out in 2008. It's a romantic fantasy drama. I guess that works. I would say that's right. Directed by David Fincher um, and chronicles how Benjamin Button, who's played by Brad Pitt, experiences bizarre consequences when he starts to age 
backwards as time progresses. So he starts off as a tiny little old man and then gets younger and younger. And then it also explores how Daisy Fuller, who's played by Kate Blanchett, that is Benjamin Button's love interest, welcomes her death by remembering her lover's words through his diary and she is at a hospital in New Orleans as Hurricane Katrina approaches. The entire film was shot in New Orleans. Um, I think it's safe to say that Brad Pitt definitely has like a relationship with New Orleans and I know that after Katrina he built dozens of of tiny houses in New Orleans um, for people um, I don't know if he still lives there. I know he lived there with Angelina Jolie for a while. I don't know that that he, I don't think, yeah, I think he lived there for a little bit, but he ended up, like I said, I think he built like 150 of these tiny houses, but I know that they're definitely like falling apart now and residents have been like suing. Oh, really? So it got really messy. I also heard that he built a lot of these for people to live in, but then they would sell them for like a ton of money because it was like Brad Pitt built this house. So the whole thing just didn't, it didn't work out the way that, he had intended yeah well which is a bummer yeah well you know best intentions kind of deal there yeah you know it happens but that's a great great new orleans movie so definitely check that out it has its slow moments um but all in all i liked that that film okay and brad pitt just gets super hot in that movie well yeah i mean it's it's a love story it's like oh man poor kate blanchett she has to fall in love with like getting younger and hotter brad pitt it's not it's not easy it's not i know but she's like i look i'm getting older and he's just it's a jackpot i mean it's weird when she's like oh he's like 20 now it's a bummer but anyway yeah good film long film but good film long film let's do a couple more and then i gotta do books all right I'll, i'll go with a real quick one so you can get to your books here if you feel like being even more depressed about the state of the country and you think, oh. hey, things are, things always are bad, go check out 2006, When the Levees Broke, oh. the Spike Lee four-part HBO miniseries that is rough. chronicling the effects of Hurricane Katrina both before and after and, you know, how, they, how the government response was, I would say less than adequate would be yeah. a way to put it. This is like a Spike Lee who, as we know from our previous episode where we um, focused on him, is well, he gets very into topics, especially ones involving like possible, like race issues and stuff like that. And he definitely digs into what could be at the base of how, like New Orleans was underfunded, they were unprepared, and then just like the seeming indifference that they got from whole parts of the government yeah. and other parts of the, both their local and federal and state government after the events happened, and just like the un the horrible response that they had. They were That's like, a tough documentary caught. to watch. It's a tough documentary, but it's a very good one. It's very well made. It's, you know, four parts, but it never drags at any part. Like, yeah, you definitely are sucked into it. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting look back because I feel like people kind of forget about Hurricane Katrina now. Oh, and there's still effects. They're still dealing with it every day still. Yeah, and every time there's a hurricane that comes near, everybody still looks towards those levees, and they're like, are these things all secure? Yeah. Fun, I mean, it doesn't really work. But. Fun New Orleans fact. Apparently, I was told uh, by my mom that we used to live on the street where the levees broke. In really? Thing. So I was like, oh, awesome. That would have been not great. It would have been not great. It's probably good you got out of there. Yeah, I was like, oh, good. We made the right move there, man. Um, okay, so just a couple that I'm going to mention without really describing. You should check out The Pelican Brief, the old Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington movie. Uh, that takes place, Julia's on the run in New Orleans. Classic Angel Heart. 
Oh, the man. Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro film. Um, that's a big New Orleans film. It's also, got Lisa Bonet in there, too. Uh, there was her. such a huge controversy when that film came out. I don't know if you remember, because Lisa Bonet was only on, known for The Cosby Show, and she, she'd be super naked yep, in this movie. Sure there are is. some really steamy nude scenes, and, you know squeaky clean Denise Huxtable is suddenly like a nude voodoo priestess and I know Bill Cosby like they wanted to fire her I, yeah. did she get fired yeah she did that's yeah, they right they kicked her off the show for sure yeah so oh irony that's I know we're not going to get into that at all <laughs> but that's a good one and then I would be remiss if I didn't mention a streetcar named Desire. So, oh, of course. The most classic Stella. New Orleans. Yes, based on another play by Tennessee Williams. And one of the best Simpsons episodes. Oh, it's Blanche. <laughs> but we all know Blanche Dubois. We've got Stella. We've got Stanley, played by Marlon Brando. This is young Marlon Brando. This is this like- is. It's crazy that he didn't win the Oscar that year because he's really, really fantastic. And I would actually say that. No performance has had more influence on modern film acting styles than Brando as Stanley Kowalski because before this role, there was always like a certain kind of restraint in American um, movie performers. Like actors would portray violent emotions, but you would always like sense some degree the modesty that kind of prevented them from displaying their feelings like yeah, in you the pull, raw. You, you pull it back you a little bit. You pull it back. And then he held nothing back. And then within a few years, we've got like Montgomery Cliff, James Dean, Jack Nicholson, Sean Penn doing like the exact same thing. And it kind of became like a whole new acting style. So thanks, Brando. Streetcar Named Desire. I mean, that's such an iconic scene, him standing in the rain screaming. Like it's just, it's always in all those reels. You look also at old Hollywood. just so beautiful. He was a good-looking man Holy back then. Holy moly. Um, a couple books I want to mention if you're more a reader than a watcher. There is a book, A Kind of Freedom, by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton. Uh, it's a debut novel from an author who is born and raised in New Orleans. Hey. Um, it's a powerful, multi-generational tale about racial disparity in the South following three characters in critical life moments. You can definitely feel her you know, love of the city and her, you know, very close history with it in every word. Um, another Anne Rice book would be The Witching Hour. Um, it's a just engrossing tale of witchcraft and the occult spanning over four centuries. You meet a great dynasty of witches, um, this family that's given to all the beautiful things in life like poetry, philosophy, murder, and incest. So that's, you know, that's a good one to pick up if you're into any of those things. Um, City of Refuge by Tom Piazza involves two New Orleans families, uh, one black and one white, and they confront Hurricane Katrina, and that's you know a storm that changes the course of their lives. So reaching across America from New Orleans and then kind of moves on to Texas and Chicago and elsewhere, it really explores how this was such a turning point in American culture. Um, and it's only now kind of beginning to be understood. So that's a, that's a really big one. Um, I have a couple more, but we're pretty much out of time. So, oh man, we, we I was getting all along. sucked. I was getting all sucked into all these books you I got know, here. I know it's terrible, but you got to plug us up. All right. Well, everything that you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our 37 libraries all throughout Erie County. If it's not at the one you're looking for, just let us know. We'll have it sent to you. We also have a little bookmobile that's driving around. So, you know, you see it, flag it down. They'll pull right over for I you. I love no that problem. you say, why do you say that every time when you know it's just not true? You can't flag it down. It doesn't just, like, pull over. Have you <laughs> tried? 
right? I was like, I need to get my Clive Cussler on please, at this moment. Please don't listen to him. You have to go to their designated stops to get their materials. No anyway. Be like Fury Road. They're just throwing books at you driving down the 90. That's, I, oh, I, I can't. Also, please follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod, where I'll put some pictures of Nolens and my creepy costume. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. I can't wait. Okay, some New Orleans information. Despite what you probably think, Jacob, because okay, you're I, just jeez, I feel dummy. personally attacked. You probably think Bourbon Street was named after the whiskey. Uh, no, I didn't actually. What do you think it's named after? No idea. Okay. I got, I got nothing. It's actually named after the Bourbon Dynasty of France. Oh, right. That's All a right. bit of information. That makes more sense, actually. Um, New Orleans actually has more total mileage of canals, both above and below ground, than Venice. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. That's an awesome little it's fact. Like, why did I know these things? Um, New Orleans is actually the only place in the world where slaves were allowed to own drums which seems like a random thing, but that is what eventually led to the city's creation of jazz music. Oh, well, that's good. So it's like, that that's a terrible, sad piece of history, but at least that turned into something really beautiful and amazing. Um, you're going to love this one. All right, let's see. I fact-checked this on like three sites because I was like, what? Mm. So Mardi Gras, the Mardi masks Gras. that everybody's wearing are not just for fun. It is illegal to ride on a Mardi Gras float in New Orleans without a mask on. That's pretty awesome. Right? Like, you can't do it. No, I. you know what? That sounds pretty great. I got to figure out which kind of mask would I go. That's like, really fascinating to me. Like, what? Okay. I'd be like, give me all the feathers, all the sequins. I want all of it. And one of the places I will be visiting next weekend, even though it's, it's a terrible place, people. I'm not saying that it's not, but it's spooky. It's Halloween time. Is the La Lori Mansion, which is known to be the most haunted place in the country. It's where the super fancy, elegant LaLaurie family lived um, and harbored a secret that was exposed during a fire when firemen discovered dozens of slaves chained to the walls and body parts littered on the floor in a secret attic. Famously, uh, that was a part of the storyline of one of the American Horror Story seasons. Yeah, where Kathy Bates played her. Mm -hmm. And they made her as big a monster as you feel would be correct. It's appropriate. I mean, they got Kathy Bates. If you're going to get Kathy Bates, let's get some serious craziness going on here. So I'm going to learn a little history about that. But okay, thank you so much for listening. There will not be an episode next week because I'll be... You're going to be New Orleans in it up? I'm going to be shimmering my butt away. But we will be back on October 28th with some more scary movies before Halloween. So we will catch you then. Bye.